What's up, everyone? Hope you're having an awesome day. Welcome back to another episode of the City Champions Podcast. Proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Park Power, a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who to buy your energy from. Park Power has low overhead, and chances are you'll save money if you switch. You can find out how much money you would save by visiting parkpower.ca and plugging your numbers into the Alberta Energy Savings Calculator. If you decide to switch, it's easy. Nothing changes about your service, only the price that you pay. Learn more at parkpower.ca. I wonder if they made that rhyme on purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, this week I'm very pleased to introduce you to number 17 on your Edmonton Eskimos defensive back, Arjun Colhoun. Arjun is in his third CFL season and third with the Eskimos. Uh, before he joined the team, he had a fantastic college career at Michigan State, after which he signed a deal with the Dallas Cowboys. Unfortunately, not working out uh, due to injuries, but their loss is our gain here in Edmonton. And besides being a huge part of our defensive corps, Arjun is an energetic and enthusiastic personality, which is a huge, huge addition to the team. Uh, being as loud and outspoken a guy as he is, people might be surprised to find out that there's more of a thoughtful and reflective side um, that's interested in things like business and politics. We got in a great conversation about what he wants to do when his playing days are over uh, and how he hopes to help as many young kids coming up in football as he can. Uh, but enough for me. It's time to sit back and enjoy my conversation with Arjun Colhoun. The Canadian Flash. <laughs> Thanks for joining me, man. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. No problem. All right, right before we hit record, we were talking about uh, our, our mutual interest in politics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's the last six months I've been getting into it. Just kind of, I want to understand a little bit more about like how the city and the province and 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 the country works, right? Mm-hmm. Like. I mean, we're we're both young. You're 26, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, thir- I'm 31. Eventually, we're going to be running the show, mm-hmm. so it's better to learn now while we're young, and so we can take that forward and be informed. I think definitely, right? definitely. I took a class at Michigan State, and it, d- it deals with a lot of like city sh- uh, strategic planning mm-hmm. and how cities run and how they're supposed to uh, like transportation, and it's just crazy to see like how much really goes into a city. So it was just. Uh, I think that class really brought me into it, and then I was already in political science pre-law. Yeah, but with football, you know, twelve-hour days, I was like, okay, I got to get out of this. Yeah, you only have so much like mental bandwidth that you can focus on yeah. stuff with, right? But the more I like, the more I dive into, especially municipal, like city, city mm-hmm, government, for sure, it's not so complicated. You no, know, there's there's obviously like the administrative stuff, but you know they're not dealing with these huge overarching societal issues, right? Like. Were you in town during the provincial election in Alberta here? No, I wasn't. No? So they, like, there's just a ton of shit talking going back and forth, right? Like, the NDP is throwing the UCP under the bus, and UCP is throwing the NDP under the bus. It's so hateful. And so I thought, all right, well, this is kind of interesting. My first time, like, paying attention to a provincial election. Mm-hmm. I want to follow along and sort of see see if I can understand these issues and, like, see where the breakdown is. Exactly. And there's, like, what people say 
what people interpret them saying and then what like they actually meant to say but knew that it wouldn't get interpreted the right way like there's so many levels and layers to it and that's where i feel like it kind of gets mixed up in politics is the way they word everything and it's exactly how you say it yeah and it's crazy yeah the rhetoric so what got you interested in poli sci in the first place oh well i was just into law yeah i I think growing up law was really my strong suit i liked crime i I was i'm really nosy too so like i like (laughs) to be in people's business yeah so i just felt like it was a a good uh a good place to go but and then politics as we just talked Mm -hmm. i thought like hey maybe this might be the road yeah the the lawyer thing was super interesting to me you're planning to go down that for sure yeah i still want to be a lawyer because uh well, I want to stay with football anyways, so coaching or being an agent, and to be an agent anyways, I think they just lifted up this rule this year that just passed, but you had to actually have your, uh, take your LSAT and pass your LSAT to be uh, an NFL pro oh, really? agent. Yeah, but you just was, have to pass? You just have to pass a it. passing's not a hard No, a hard no, part. no, yeah, you don't have to be a part of a law firm or anything, you just have to pass the LSAT and yeah. you could uh, you could be an NFL agent. And to be a CFL agent, I was actually reading up on it. You don't have to. You don't have to have anything. Nothing. You just Nothing. have to have connections, basically, basically, and somewhat of a business background. Yeah. Well, basically, I just feel like an agent uh, is more of like a mediator, mm-hmm. even like a lawyer. I feel like a lawyer is really someone that's a mediator that mm-hmm. uh, has clear thoughts and could take someone's thoughts and mm-hmm. process them and and spit them out to whoever they have to spit them out to without the two parties getting yeah <laughs> into it and well con- like negotiations are sticky right exactly. like even with the best of intentions when you start talking about money and detail points and when two people don't want the exact same thing it, it it yeah it becomes challenging and there's friction right i love it like when the contract talk is over then you're just like okay we can be friends again right mm-hmm. but you almost have to like lose that personal relationship a little bit with mm-hmm. the understanding of like okay hey, we're gonna go back to that when we're done yeah and it, it's crazy just uh because i kind of we ran into a little bit of politics with uh the cba mm-hmm. with our uh, for sure with our cba being signed this year for so our players association and setting our contracts and stuff like that and like you said like right before the deadline we had everything planned out and then we had like our lawyers go back and read it and mm-hmm. something was wrong and how they stated it. So basically, they were trying to take like positions away from Canadian players. Yeah. And no, like you know what I mean. If no one read through this paper again or mm-hmm. went through it all, every every uh, fine detail, we wouldn't have found that, and mm-hmm. that would have probably hurt our hurt the CFL for sure. So did they try and sneak it by you, or ba- yeah, they yeah. tried to sneak it by us. They Fucking basically yeah, like we sent them the contract. They sent a new contract. We're like, oh, it's the same. Yeah. But we still went back and read it, and it was the wording was uh yeah we were basically missing out on three canadian positions right that's the big argument right now so there's the cfl mandates you have to have a minimum number of canadians a minimum of seven on the field at all times seven on the field at all times yeah and then with the well the the cba gets crazy they're like well let's just take away the rule in total yeah and have no canadians on the field and we're like whoa 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 yeah it's kind of an interesting it's like an interesting position because like it's in canada obviously but it's sort of like a feeder league to the nfl too mm-hmm. right like do, do a lot of guys make that jump from CFL? a lot yeah i've seen a lot of guys make that jump from yeah. the cfl and it's definitely encouraging too because that's my goal i was with mm-hmm. uh, the cowboys previously and uh, i ended up uh, getting injured i mm-hmm. tore my shoulder against the seattle seahawks uh, I went to go tackle a guy, stuck my arm out, just my arm, yeah. arm tackle, crack. Oh, no. Arm ripped. I get up. I'm like, okay, 
This is the NFL. I, I could play one more play. Shake it so out, shake it out. <laughs> my arm is literally dangling from the side. I'm like, okay, I got one more play. And then the guy ran right past me. I'm like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, so you pulled yourself off? Yeah. So what, what year was that, 2016? That was 2016. So who who's the player? Uh, I think it was Chris Carson. The, Chris Carson? They're starting running back yeah. now. So. Jesus. Yeah. I watched a lot of Seahawks back in like 20... 2014, 2015. That's when they were hot. Yeah. Everyone kind of liked them. I actually had a chance to go there too for like a, a rookie mini camp. Oh, yeah. And just hanging out with Pete Carroll and stuff like that. Like That's awesome. Dude is intense. Like, is that, is, that is a fiery guy. Like yeah. That's the guy that I'd want to, to play for. Yeah. Like, you wait, like, you get there, it's eight o'clock in the morning, everyone's tired, you know, like, he's the first guy, ah, ah, get up, <laughs> and then the first thing we do, we're shooting basketballs, we yeah. always have, like, a competition. So he actually ran you through camp? Yeah, yeah, I was, awesome. in, I was in camp with them for a little bit, and then, uh, and that's what I'm noticing, even, even in Edmonton, we're starting to do that, too, but mm-hmm. I loved it, I loved Seattle, and I think he brought a different, uh, different coaching style. Yeah, to, to all sports, really. Because you hear like when you see him in his media availabilities, he seems very like calm and very warm and friendly. Yeah. But then you see him on the field, he's very like in your face in a good positive way oh, too. Yeah. Chewing gum. Yeah. But yeah, it's it, it's an interesting psychological standpoint of like you've got like we resonate with other people, right? Like if you're with someone who's being grumpy and you're you know you're not feeling <laughs> like being happy, you're gonna drop down at that exactly. level too. So you've gotta have a coach who's like literally willing to steer the ship and always gonna be that like positive influence too. For sure. Same in any sport I suppose, but what was the biggest takeaway from Pete Carroll? Um just like just the humility. He just talked about just going to work every day. Just going to work and doing what you have to do. Just do your job. It's yeah. kinda of like a Bill Belichick type Mm-hmm. deal but just with more enthusiasm yeah so, yeah it's it great it was a great place to play it just rained a lot too. <laughs> like, i feel like anywhere i go out i complain like i come to edmonton i'm like it's too cold here yeah man <laughs> i stay here this off season and uh i've never experienced anything like that <laughs> like minus life. 40 we had that one stint that was really good in my life yeah, yeah. it was literally like uh, i walked outside and my the snot in my nose was freezing <laughs> like right away like Automat- I was like, oh my God, this is different. This yeah. is different from Ontario. You got to do the pre-walk blow, right? <laughs> blow your nose before you go outside. Before you go outside, yeah. yeah. Well, I grew up in Vancouver, so for me, that was a big shock coming to Edmonton. I spent a couple of winters here just like visiting family and Christmases and mm-hmm. stuff. But like, yeah, that that minus 40, that like walk outside, and if you're not dressed correctly, you can't sit spend more than five minutes oh, out no. there. And no. I, but I think there's something to be said for that. Like, I think it builds up this sort of hardiness around the people here. Like, it really, does. like... I find, like, so I, I don't have a car, so I walk to my gym, which is, like, 18 minutes away, mm-hmm. and I'll go, like, my limit is minus 25, and I'll still go at minus 25, even though it's almost a 20-minute walk, and mm-hmm. I'm long johns, jeans, like, parka with a sweater underneath, two coats, oh, all that, hands in my insulated pockets, and there's just something about it that, like, you feel accomplished. You feel like just by doing that, you feel like you could do more. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes I like walk in the summer and it's like, if it's 15 degrees, I'm like, oh, it's cold out. <laughs> exactly. I'm like trying to remember the tough times. <laughs> when it was negative 20, I, I brought my dogs out because I, I have two American bullies mm-hmm. and uh, I brought them walking and it was five minutes in. They're trying to they're trying to run yeah, back. And like, I'm like, this. okay, that's when I know it's too fucking cold. It's Did you put the little booties on them? I got the booties. I got a coat on them. And they're still like, no, we're not doing this. But yeah, I, honestly, I think it does it does resonate with the people. Just uh, 
just blue collar, just yeah. hardworking, just push through it. And mm-hmm. I, it it's cool because Edmonton kind of reminds me of uh, Windsor. Mm-hmm. It's like a big Windsor, like contract. Like in Windsor, it's a, it's we're part of the big three, so we have like Chrysler, Ford. Mm-hmm. So a lot of factory workers, a lot of you know, and it's the same same type vibe here. For so, sure. Yeah, it's cool though. And so Windsor's the one right across from Detroit, right? Right across from Detroit. So did you ever spend time growing up there? Uh, I just I had a little bit of family there. Yeah, yeah. like best thing for that is just shopping you yeah. know you take your money and especially when the canadian dollars up you go yeah. over the border buy whatever you want go back across the border to canada tell them you didn't buy anything yeah so you didn't get taxed and then which it hasn't been our dollar hasn't been like that in a while in a while, in a while. but uh so you, you grew up right in the the heartland of canadian hockey like, oh yeah like you know south southern ontario oh yeah uh, t- like taylor hall actually went mm-hmm. to one of the, my rival high schools oh really yeah did was, you know him or just i didn't know him. him i knew of him yeah but back then i was in high school i'm not worried about these guys but yeah little do you know these guys are 16 years old about to make millions of dollars and <laughs> <laughs> in in play hockey, so yeah, like I might might have said hi to him if I knew. <laughs> exactly, I might have been his friend. Yeah, I might have asked him for some practice or something. Ask yeah, him, yeah. Give but, me a lesson. Give me on the ice. But in your head, you were thinking, "Oh fuck, I'm going to the NFL." So like, we'll we'll, we'll cross paths at some exactly. point. You know, like, exactly. You ever see that play? Never have though. <laughs> you ever see? Well, you you played some games. Yeah. You ever see that see uh, this uh, the sequence of him going into the boards in the Memorial Cup? Mm-hmm. Well, fuck, he goes into the boards, the end boards. Like face first, and his body buckles like downwards, so his legs kind of come up oh, over at almost full speed. And this is out full scorpion. Yeah, exactly. And so this is, they think, one of the plays that made the Oilers certain that they were going to draft him number one overall. He skates back to the bench. He like he's like wiping his nose. It's bleeding. The trainer tries to like come with the towel. He just kind of like brushes the guy <laughs> off. There, he's just fired on the uh, eyes fired, on the he's ice. Fired, fired up. He's fired up now. Goes out next shift. And takes a pass from behind and pulls it through his legs, off his skate, back to his stick and scores. The next play on the ice. That's what they love, adversity. Dude, he's just a tough son of a bitch. Yeah, there's there's some unreal unreal hockey players. And then uh, we have the Spitfires, too, Mm -hmm. in Windsor. So, yeah. Uh, it's OHL, which is pretty big. Like, yeah. it, like you said, it's in the heart of hockey. Yeah, if you're a big hockey fan, like, like the CHL is where you want like Canadian hockey league. Yeah, where you OHL, watch all the, all the top prospects coming up, right? Mm-hmm. So that was that play with Taylor Hall was when he was playing for Windsor in the Memorial Cup. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that was in a championship yeah. game, nonetheless. And then there was another guy, Mickey Reno, uh, RIP. He's mm-hmm. late, late passing, but he was another guy though. He's the captain of the team, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this guy's going to the. Guys going to the NHL. It's crazy what can derail a, a promising young career. Yeah, and it's just it's just crazy how much how hockey is just so it's just nuts. Yeah. Dude. it's like the heartbeat of Canada. I love it though. I hope football gets like that. But if not, I might have to put my kid in. Uh, <laughs> how did you have end up playing hockey? I've never even been on ice. Okay, but how did that happen? Just the family wasn't just into never. It? Yeah, just never. It never got around to it. It cost a lot too. It's, it's a ex- ton of money. Yeah, it's expensive. Like. Six hundred dollars. We get a bottle of the pads and oh yeah, it's a lot of shit. Like yeah. you know, it's not like basketball. Or you need a basketball and a hoop or soccer. You just need the ball. Yeah, football. You just need yourself. You could tackle pads yeah. or 
you know, optional. So <laughs> yeah, it's not one. It's it's a tough one. But you never just like hopped on the the outdoor rink. Mm-mm, no, no I've never even. But I think I could rollerblade pretty good. So yeah, I think I could ice skate. Russ Tyler over here. You ever see the Mighty Ducks movies? <laughs> oh yeah, they I mean, pulled the guy off the roller skate rink. <laughs> yeah, and he was nuts. He was he good. Was nuts. He had the knuckle puck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put it on the side. <laughs> Oh, we'll have to get you out on the ice at some point. Oh, for so, sure. So what kind of drew you to football in the first place? Was that sort of the one you could afford and the one uh, you Well, baseball was my first love. I grew oh, up yeah. playing baseball. Uh, I was playing baseball till 17. I was uh, in the Premier Baseball League. So mm-hmm. it's basically like the farm team to the MLB. Like I was getting talked to by teams. I was talking to the Pittsburgh Pirates and wow. stuff when I was playing. When I was playing. So it was really like a toss-up between football and baseball. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I was kind of just doing both. I was missing some football, missing some ba- missing some baseball, and basically uh, came down to the point where I just had to make a decision. Right. It's like, do I want to play football, go to like a nice college, mm-hmm. you're set, or like baseball is kind of hit or miss, but less injury. Mm-hmm. You got you go to like a community college though, or like cut, like your schooling isn't very important to them. Right. So that's what I didn't like about it. But you're getting paid a million dollars a at 18 years old if you make a pro if you if you make exactly like there's a lot of ifs you got to make it through the a the double a the triple a i'm like listen i'm just i want to get a good education sports Mm -hmm. doesn't last forever regardless what sport you play so i was just like i should just focus on the education and do what comes with it yeah it's good foresight i mean that's a lot of people just kind of go all in on something and they're like if it doesn't work out i don't know what i'm gonna do Mm -hmm. right is it so what position did you play in baseball i played center field uh i played pitcher i was the first baseman and i bat bat at third do you have a good good uh pitch yeah i was left i'm left i'm left-handed i bat bat what were you doing (laughs) i threw i was throwing heat yeah i had a i was getting offers for baseball too and i wasn't even a pitcher Holy shit. But just like the mechanics and stuff, they're like, oh, we could teach you. So I was getting a lot of interest, but once I got that scholarship for football and they started mm-hmm. coming in, I was just like, I got to yeah. make a decision. And Michigan State, right? Yeah. Is that it? That's in Ann Arbor? That No. Oh, no, no. Don't say that. Ooh. Okay, well, cool. you got to like, <laughs> listen, man. I'm just joking. Listen, I'm just, man. I'm just, I'm just giving you a hard time. I went no. to school at uh, Western okay. in, in London in for London? two years. Okay. Yeah, and I joined a frat there. And one Mustangs? Of, okay. Yeah. And one of our one of our years, we, we did a road trip down to Ann Arbor. So okay, correct Michigan. me. University of Michigan. That's U of M. Yeah. University so we got of Michigan. U of M. Those are the bad guys. Yeah. So yeah, they're shit. Yeah, amazing, terrible. Amazing awful people. Blue. Yeah, awful people. Terrible. <laughs> if you ever run into them, punch them in the face. Yeah. And then uh, Michigan State's like the public mm-hmm. school of the state. So gotcha. We're green and white. We're in East Lansing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's. And what's crazy is actually that was the dream school I wanted to go to. Yeah. Like I was would no watch them on TV, and I was just like, I want to go to Michigan State. Yeah. I love their colors, and as stupid as this sounds, when I was in high school, I was my high school was green and white. Makes so sense. I'm like, you know what? I want to yeah. stay green and white. You like these colors. Exactly. Yeah. And so then uh, that was the reasoning, I guess. But, then, <laughs> but it's a good school too. Exactly. Obviously. Exactly. Once you go up there and it's it like, it's just crazy to see the difference from like, like you went to Western. I've been in Western multiple times for like track and yeah. football and stuff like that. Parking gr- frog. Great facility though. Like great facility, but like the college experience from like a Western to like mm. a Ann Arbor or sure. East Lansing is like, yeah. I feel like once you cross that border, it's just a whole different night and day. Night sure. and day, night yeah. and day. We went to a uh, we went to a hockey game there, and there was a um, 
there was a pretty prominent prospect, Jack Johnson. Mm-hmm. He's a defenseman, and he was playing for the team. And we went, and I think like the the arena only held like maybe six to eight thousand. Yeah. But it was jammed. Like every seat in the house, plus all standing room, plus like the crowd knew like oh, ten big. different chants for everything that was going on in the game. They had a different chant, right? right? And actually, that guy ended up getting a, a hat trick that game. So it was just a crazy game for the perfect. whole team to go yeah. to. But I got I got a sense of it. I'm like, holy shit, college is a bigger deal in the States, 100%. Oh, for sure. So how many people would you get out to your games there? Um, our, we had 75,000. 75,000? A game. What? A game. I shit you not. And, like, the first time I ran on the field, I, I was going from... Well, like, in high school in the States, they play... Like you're playing football in front of 20,000, 19,000. Yeah. They're used to that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's still a jump. There's maybe 500 people at my high school football game. So, like, to run out on the field and just be like, oh, my God, like, how many people? Like, it's it's actually insane. It's like, that's one of the, like, I'll never forget that. The first time I ran out, we were playing Boise State. That was the first game ever. Mm-hmm. And I just remember, I was like, holy shit, how am I supposed to focus? Did it, uh, did it impact your play at all? Uh, honestly, I'm not gonna lie. Maybe like the first year, yeah, I was yeah. kind of just like, if I had to be honest, like, yeah, like you can't fuck up. Yeah, you got a bunch of people watching you. You got, you're on TV. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then I think once you just start to mature and you just get more comfortable, and I think that's in any any sport or anything you're doing, you just gotta get comfortable in what you're doing in your own skin. And I was like, okay, yeah, I know what I gotta do. How was the team? Did they were they pretty welcoming, or was there a lot of like rookie hazing? And uh, no, that's the thing. I, I know at some schools, like the seniors wouldn't even talk to the freshmen. But mm-hmm. our schools are. I feel like our our environment that Mark D'Antonio made it was really just cool, calm. Everyone got along with everyone. Ele, you know, mm-hmm. everybody loves everybody. So yeah, it was good. Yeah, at least you only have to worry about the fans and the opposing team, not your own team in that oh, situation. Yeah. Right? Oh, I've had people on Twitter kill me. I remember I dropped a pick, and they're like, I hate Archie Coluna. <laughs> Dude, I've never even met you. <laughs> What's that like getting this social media hate? I'm, I'm not at that level. You I'm, know, not that level? Cl- I'm, I'm not anywhere close. Listen, I'm barely at that level, but it's <laughs> funny. It's I don't know. I laugh. Yeah. I laugh. But is it just like you go on there for a laugh? And yeah. Like, anytime I need to like lift my spirits, oh, this guy thinks I'm a fucking asshole. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> hey, this guy wants to uh, slash my tires. Great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is, but it's uh, just interesting. It's interesting. Do you fire back? So, yeah, yeah, I fire back. I, yeah? I took a lot of heat last year, actually. I sent out a post on Instagram about mm-hmm. to the CFL. And it was about uh, Mike Riley because Mike mm-hmm. Riley was our quarterback last year. And mm-hmm. I love Mike Riley. Great quarterback, great guy, great leader. Yeah. But everyone's like, we're Edmonton's doomed. They're going to do terrible this year. Mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, we had that guy last year and we didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Like, what do you, how are we doomed? And oh my gosh. You're roasted for that? Oh, I got. I was getting, I was getting so much heat. Either like the coaches and the the coach came up to me, the uh, Jason Moth came up to me the next day. He's like, I saw what you said, and I was okay. like, Well, I just like, yeah, I kind of, and he's like, I loved it. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. So it, it all, it all it ended up working out. You know, uh, coach supported me, and Trev showed up. Yeah, and Trevor Harris has been doing his thing. So yeah, actually, uh, shout out to him. He was Player of the Month. Oh, uh, awesome! Today, so good for him. Yeah. yeah, you guys have had an interesting season. How, what, what's your thoughts on it so far? Um, honestly, this is probably the most close knit group of guys I've been with in the last three years of mm. being on the Edmonton Eskimos. Like, uh, like I was talking about Pete Carroll and how he 
runs his uh, his his meetings and his coaching style. I feel like uh, Coach Moss has kind of adopted somewhat of that same kind of trait, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, just playing games and stuff, competing, you know, having guys really just talk to each other. You, mm-hmm. It's the worst when you go in a room and everyone's on their phone. For sure. You know what I mean? It's not welcoming. So we have no phones in the room. So like no phones at all. In the room. At all. So when I walk in, everyone's just talking to everyone. That's I love great. it. I'm. I love it. It's just, and I feel like that's the camaraderie you mm-hmm. really need, and that's like the, uh, the like the true morale of the team. It's, yeah. Is that is that's where it lies? I For feel. sure. So such a small little tweak you can make too, so, right? Like, yeah, like you would never think that that would make such a big difference, but when you're not, you don't have that that out of just looking at your exactly, phone. That five to ten minutes every day of just. Here and there, talking to someone, you yeah. know, how, how's your day doing? You know, just, I think that really just changes the whole, the whole foundation. Plus it gives you time for like, after a loss, you don't look at your phone right away. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Block Arjun, you missed that one. <laughs> exactly. But it's, uh, as far as the season goes, uh, we're having a good season, man. I, we, it's, it's football mm-hmm. and there's adversity. You're going to have ups, downs, you know, mm-hmm. but you just got to stay cool. You can't get too high or too low about it. And I don't want to, I don't like to be cliche. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but that's just really how it is. I just feel like if you have a, 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 a like a real deep down true belief in what you're doing mm-hmm. in your organization and the people that you're doing it with, mm-hmm. there's, you know what I mean? There's no way you could possibly lose. And if you do lose, at least, you know, you, you went down with the guys that you really truly believed in and loved. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's it reminds me a lot. Like so, you know, they talk about the really good hockey teams. Forgive me for all the hockey no, no, analogies. No. Oh no, but that's my we're in Edmonton. Right? We're in Edmonton. That's, okay, that's, no, that's my wheelhouse. <laughs> but no, they talk about the really good teams that go through the course of the season. Like if they even if they're on a two game losing streak, three game losing streak, it doesn't really phase them because they have enough confidence in their game as individuals and as a team. That they know, like, look, like, none of this really matters until we're in the playoffs, right? Oh, they have enough sure. confidence to just, all you have to do is get there. And once you're there, it's like, all right, boom, now the games matter. And now we're going to take this really seriously, oh, right? Oh, for sure. And, and a season's yeah. long. Like, you just play 18, oh, yeah. 18 games this season. That's a grind That's a on the grind. Body. That's a grind. Like, hockey's 82, but, like, you're not taking the same type of physical punishment as you guys. Yeah, it, it is a grind. It, that's a lot of games. That's more than, I think, anyone, like, in, I think, in, uh, NCA, you play maybe 14. Mm-hmm. If you're playing youth sports, so uh, Canadian University, you're only playing eight games. Is that it? Eight. That's only, insane. Eight, it's too eight, little. Eight, yeah, too <laughs> little. Too little. Eight games, and then you have your playoffs and then championship. So, yeah, going to 18 games, it's a long season. What was it in college? Uh, 13. 13. 13. Okay. Yeah, so just a long grind. And I actually was listening to something today. Actually, our coach showed us, and it was about um, – Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. You follow Nick Saban? No, very loosely. Just very what loosely. I can see. Just what you the, hear. Yeah. yeah. Well, Nick Saban, he's, uh, well, I just follow up on him because he coached at Michigan State before going to LSU and then yeah. he went to Alabama and he was in the NFL and mm-hmm. with the Miami Dolphins. And mm-hmm. basically, like, he talked about uh, having guys in the room that are elite and having guys in the room that are mediocre. And he mm-hmm. just talked about how mediocre people don't like elite people they don't want to be around people that are overachieving mm. and they don't like that mm. and overachieving people don't like mediocre people because they're not trying mm-hmm. so basically there can't be any team chemistry or any team building up if everyone's not on that same page right you can't have people that want to coast and then people that want to yeah do more so i just thought from this year like just watching that video i just thought about the team this year i'm like wow like from the i'm not gonna say guys were slackers but 
I'm just saying from this last three years of being on Edmonton, just the transition of the guys that we're bringing in now, mm-hmm. I could just see like the hunger, the passion, the desire, and I I love it because yeah. I have that same. That's yeah. how I am every day. For sure, I'm on I'm on to people, so it's cool. Well, if you uh, if you kind of view yourself as a hardworking player, and then a guy comes in working harder than you, that's probably can do nothing other than motivate you to work even harder, right? Well, exactly. Uh, if a guy is running. 10 sprints and I just ran five sprints and you still run, I'm going to run I'm still running then I'm not stopping I love yeah. it I, I gotta go g- run stairs in the summer I, I do the same thing I'm like if I see someone I've been counting they've been going in lockstep with me and I'm thinking about leaving but they haven't left yet I'll be like, you're like no nah, yeah I, can. I got at least five more in me hey, and then we'll see if, if you don't have that in you then I feel I'm not gonna say I feel bad for you but I feel like everyone should try to create that trait in them. Yeah. Like, even though it's not a competition with that, maybe that sudden person, but mm-hmm. competition with themselves. For sure. Because yeah. I feel like that's when... You and if you don't best. have that, just know, like, where to go. Like, if you don't have that, don't go into pro sports locker room, exactly. right? Like, you exactly. just... You know, there's places in life for every type of drive and motivation and, and, and goals. But... I'm competitive, man. I'm competitive. When I'm driving my car, I'm racing. Everyone. Yeah, well, you got a nice ride up <laughs> you're probably You're probably beating a bunch of people, too. Sport mode. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? What are you driving? Uh, Mercedes-Benz CLA. CLA? 250, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a fun car. Nice right. car, man. Shout out to Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Took something from them. Yeah, I got yeah. something. But uh, you guys have a. You guys are known as a really strong defensive team this year, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, everyone's saying, you guys have the best defense in the league right now. Oh, stellar. Yeah, stellar, dude. I don't. I don't like to toot our own horn or anything because I just feel like it's a game to game. Yeah. Just deal. saying, you played every game this exactly, year. Exactly, yeah. something. It's a game. If you to, won't say it, I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a game to game deal, and like, yeah, we're having a good season. I'm, I'm trying to have a good. I, I am having a good season. Mm-hmm. Um, hope uh, I hurt my foot a little bit, so hopefully this just ding goes away. I'm just trying to, you know, heal up, get ready, yeah. and that's it. Make the push for the last, uh, last what eight games of the season in the playoffs. So. Yeah. Should be back. Yeah, be that's back good. Tomorrow. Yeah, you, you've you've got experience though rehabbing and coming back from injury. Dude, right? I've had so many injuries. It's not even, I've tore. I've had Tommy John surgery on my elbow. Oh no shit! The first year of college. That's a good, that's a good scar. That's a good one. Tommy yeah. John. I don't even. Not even playing baseball. Yeah. Not even on the left arm. On the right arm, and then uh, tore the shoulder up. Mm-hmm. Labrum rotator cuff a couple times. So that the Tommy John one that used to end careers until oh, that, they figured out that surgery. Yeah, right? if you're a pitcher, if you're a pitcher, it's over. Yeah. But, I, yeah. I just listened to a podcast talk, talking about how he was the first guy to have that procedure done, yeah. and they were just like, "That's how I named it." Yeah, <laughs> Tommy exactly. John. They named it after him, but they were comparing it to like PEDs, and there was a case of like you know him having that surgery, and then other players using PED. Well, like where do you draw the line of of you know? Uh, what's acceptable medically to do to improve your performance. Basically, exactly. they concluded that, well, that was just getting back to normal. That wasn't enhancing his performance, mm-hmm. but that was getting back to baseline, whereas PEDs will actually push you over and above. Yeah, but and it, I feel like this, like, <clears throat> right now, we're, where we are with, like, recovery and, like, treatments and stuff mm-hmm. like that in sports, I feel like it's kind of coming into, like, a gray area. I feel like... Mm-hmm. We're starting to see guys do like even when I do recovery stuff, I'm like, is this legal? Like, <laughs> like you know what I like needling, dry yeah. needling, like all the getting stem the now, the iron, yeah, the you know all the sh- all the stuff we're doing now. It's like it's getting pretty high tech. Like, mm-hmm. uh, if you get injured, you get PRP shots. Yeah. So, like you get the blood, they take the blood, they take it out of your body, swish mm-hmm. it around, get all the plasma, put it back in your body to yeah. reju- uh, rejuvenate your cells. 
And it's just like, when, when is it too much? When you draw the line. Exactly. Or Voltaren rub. Like, what's yeah. next when you come up with other rubs and stuff like that? And it's just crazy to see. What's the shot? Uh, cortisone shots, right? Cortisone shots. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's, that's like, that's common practice in, common, most, in most leagues, right? Common practice. The Tordal is used mm-hmm. a lot, which is not commonly used. And I've been taking Tordal since I was 16, eight, like 18 years old. Yeah. So... That's the thing. I don't know what's the effect of Tordal after 10 years or 15 yeah. years of taking every week. For, no kidding. So, like, it's just, it's kind of crazy just to see how they, oh, this is bad. You can't do this. Yeah. And, like, you said, the Tommy John surgery, like, with the PEDs. Guys are doing, everyone's just trying to find what that next edge is. Mm-hmm. And some guys, I don't think they know if it's legal or illegal or they're not really worried about it. They're just trying to find yeah. the edge. There's a really, um, if you're a documentary guy, there's a really... Oh, I love... You love docs? Is it Screwball? Yeah. I already watched it. I already watched it. <laughs> I just watched that the other day. That's Amazing. unbelievable. Amazing. Amazing. Like, and these guys, who is it? Uh, Pete Rose, right? One of the big guys. He's like... Or no, uh, Manny. Manny, Manny. Manny Ramirez, A-Rod, A-Rod. Uh, Ryan Braun... Um, Forget the doctor's name. I want to say Doctor T. Doctor T. I'll break, <laughs> I forget his full name. I want to say it. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, he, yeah. Yeah. He basically uh, was really he he went to school. Well, you you read about it. he went to school in Puerto Rico. Got yeah. his got his uh, got his uh, degree. Came over here. Was doing cosmetic surgeries and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And found out he could make money. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. And like the crazy thing to me in that is like. He had the the whole all the procedures like so locked down, right? The mm-hmm. only reason they ever got busted is because the players they, themselves, up, right? yeah. And the players fucked up, yeah. And it's like, although he did lose a Rod's vial of blood that one time. <laughs> That's hilarious, dude! I couldn't believe it. And how great was it the reenactments with the kids? That was, I, I loved it. That I was genius. Some some people I talked to, they didn't like the they were criticizing, they were critiquing it. I was yeah. just like, dude, that's nice. It's it, it, I felt like it was refreshing. Yeah. You get like a different. For sure. Look on it like I don't want to see old photos or old videos or just yeah. hear a playback while they're talking about. It. I like that it was yeah. Well, the, the stories were so crazy, like the, the the club scenes or like the like the hotel they're, scenes. They're doing yeah. They're shoot. You had to shoot them up in the bathroom and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that, man. I'm like I'm I'm like all natural. I believe yeah. in being all natural. Yeah. I don't know if I could do like a steroid cycle. I can't even take protein every day. I'm like so bad at. I'm so like. Well, you, it, to be fair, in your position, you're not trying to add on width so exactly. much, right? Yeah, I'm not really. Yeah, I'm not standing at the plate hitting home runs. Yeah, I got to run around. Fuck, to see those guys like physiology change, and then like they said about like Manny, if you just like if you just added on a couple extra home runs every year instead of like a 20 home run jump and then another 15 home run jump, like people wouldn't have questioned it. But mm-hmm. no, they really shot themselves in the foot because they got greedy, right? Oh, yeah. And then like A-Rod just totally all in. He's just basically goes, yeah, I know I'm going to get caught, but like the contract I signed is going to be worth it, right? And A-Rod is like, that's what that I find the best part of the documentary was A-Rod's like a mafia. Like I feel like the A-Rod... Yeah group or was like a mafia group they were out there trying to find the information they were paying people for information and then once they found out A-Rod was going to get caught they are like you know what mm-hmm. to take all the heat off A-Rod you know what we're going to do we're going to release everything yeah. on everyone else and I remember that because Ryan Braun that was the no name guy right that played on the Yankees no 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 the no name I forget the no name guy mm-hmm. obviously the no name guy Yeah, but he was A-Rod's buddy 
Mm-hmm. He's making 200k compared to A Rod's 20 hundred something million, yeah. 20 million a year deal, and he ratted him out. Yeah, like, why would you rat that guy? That's out? what I meant. Sorry, that's what yeah. he was like the relatively unknown guy on the Yankees. Yeah, who, like A Rod is like, oh, he's doing it too, right? But the guy that really took, I feel like, the shitty end of it was Ryan Braun because he mm-hmm. won the MVP that year. Right. So obviously everyone's like, oh, yeah, you're the greatest. But he did it. That's your own fault, right? Exactly. Oh, honestly, I'm not. I'm not against steroids in the MLB just yeah. because I feel like it makes the sport more exciting. Like I'm not mm-hmm. gonna lie. Like if I feel like it's they've been doing that from time in the in the yeah. MLB. It's kind of like an unwritten rule right. almost. So well, the thing is when you when you're not when you don't stand a chance to hurt another player, right? Like that's that's where the debate really gets basically cut and dry it's like exactly. look if you have a chance like especially with fighting right like boxing exactly. or you can't MMA. be taking steroids go in there and beat the shit out of somebody yeah. or football fucking knock someone's head off but I feel like baseball tennis golf <laughs> you know you wouldn't, golf? You lo- wouldn't you love to see a 600 foot drive just <laughs> dumb <laughs> Either from I the would. 16th hole to the 18th hole, that'd be yeah. amazing. They'd have to redesign <laughs> courses all around the world, and that would be that would be the new change that golf would need. I think. Yeah, well, it is an interesting question. Like, at what point do we? Because players are getting better, equipment's getting better. It's just like, where do we draw that line? Science is getting better. Yeah, exactly. Are we just going to eventually like build robots that are going to play the sports for us? Mm-hmm. Or it's just like, oh, these are better than humans, so we're going to watch this. Right? Exactly, and that's that's what I feel like. <laughs> You can dabble in the HGH, I guess. I'm just joking. I'm so, just joking. So we got, uh, we got sidetracked. I wanted to ask you, though, um, so your third year now with the team, mm-hmm. do you find yourself taking on more of a leadership role and, and yeah, I do. more comfort around the team? I do. I'm not going to lie. I'm not. I'm a rah-rah guy. I'm mm-hmm. really loud. I'm not going to say I'm uh, always doing the right thing, but I feel like I always – I feel like I have some type of presence on the team, and I feel like I, I got to uh, – prove it to the guys so just the simple things i'm i just want to be someone that's easy to come up to talk to Mm -hmm. you know what i mean easy approachable uh if you need a ride you know you count on me and Mm -hmm. just great i don't have a car exactly (laughs) gotcha (laughs) but like you know just easy stuff where i could just just helping guys out knowing showing them that i'm doing more than just being your teammate just showing them that i care asking how your day is going asking Mm -hmm. about your problems stuff like that but uh definitely since yeah coming into year three from year one i've I've uh, matured a lot mm-hmm. and just being here and being around professionals I feel like you learn how to be more professional mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's really helped me I think uh, you, got, you got guys like Cal McCarty in the locker room Calvin McCarty's an Edmonton legend he's mm-hmm. been on the team for 13 years but basically when you're around guys like that and you kind of just learn from them it, I think it, it'll help me with my longevity for sure. So yeah, like I mean, who are the guys you looked up to when you were younger? Like say in high school, were there were there players that you kind of? Well, yeah, OJ Atogwe. Like when I went to high school, there's a guy named OJ Atogwe who ended up going to Stanford, mm-hmm. and he was a big like big person in my life. He's a guy I wanted to, mm-hmm. I wanted to be like. So uh, he ended up going to Stanford, played for the Washington Redskins and uh, St. Louis Rams. He was a franchise player there mm-hmm. and Canadian guy, and he kind of just made it all possible. And I was like, oh. So I try to just do what I can do and like mm-hmm. I said, be a good teammate just to keep that keep that legacy going on and that yeah. role on. So it's a constant state of learning, I'm sure too. Even you talking about coach and sort of he sort of changed his approach this year a little bit. Like it's gonna be hard. Like you you look at where you've gotten to and you've gotten to that point because of like how you act and how mm-hmm. you play. But 
Like you got to almost take a leap of faith if you want to change something to try and improve, right? Like, yeah, they always say if you want to go somewhere you've never been, you yeah. got to do something you've never done. Exactly. And that's the truth. But, but like it's it's one thing to say that. It's another thing to put it into practice, exactly, right? Exactly. A whole different. And it, that's like a day-to-day thing. That's why mm-hmm. I say like I, I, I live my life day-to-day. Yeah. Because like. Quarter mile out of time. Exactly. So <laughs> you got to take it a day by day because you, you can't just build a house one day. You got to build the foundation first and mm-hmm. start from the bottom and then build up. Um, so, you know, you've had injuries in the past. Like, have you had to change your playing style at all because of that? Well, this year, no, not not my playing style particularly, but just the way I eat, my regiment, like how how much I sleep, how much water I'm drinking. I'm not. I hate water. Come on, really? I'm not gonna lie to you. You don't even touch your water. Exactly. Again. <laughs> like I can't stand water. I need like a Mio or a dr- like Crystal Light. I am Mio. I got vodka. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Water vodka. And water vodka, yeah. Hold the hold the water. Those will catch up to you real quick. <laughs> real quick. Yeah. So, yeah, no, uh, just with injuries and stuff like that, like, I've I just tried to stay away from the minor things, like mm-hmm. pulls, tweaks, strains, and stuff like that. And that's like taking vitamins and just drinking water. So, um, oh, this boring, this, boring this, stuff. All yeah. The, yeah, all the boring stuff. So, this off season, uh, that's I also got to experience my first Edmonton winter. I came up here in January, so oh, I went, I went home for November. Lucky like you. season ended in November. Yeah. I think November twenty eighth. I stayed for the Grey Cup. Mm-hmm. Went home for the month of December, and I was back up here the next month training. Yeah. So I've been so it's they, dedication. Oh yeah, yeah. It's this is like a year round thing. Like people are like, oh, you only play football half the year. Like you know, this is a this is a lifetime yeah. thing. Like I don't think this will ever change how I, how I go about it but um Kyle Thorne he's the trainer at uh for the Edmonton Eskimos and he's a great dude so smart all mm-hmm. about recovery he, he was with uh FC Everett mm-hmm. he, he was actually their strength and conditioning coach and he was also the strength and conditioning coach at the New York Jets mm-hmm. so basically he's big on recovery and just stretching and giving your uh, giving your body uh, the rest that it needs so I trained with him all off season. Like I said, I went 10 games straight and then boom, a weird injury like that. So, but more than that, he's just, I just try to maintain just, like I said, taking vitamins. Like I didn't, I didn't even know what magnesium and vitamin D3 and (laughs) B3 and C3 were. So, uh, just trying to do that. Just trying to maintain that level. And I feel like that's stopped a lot of injuries Mm -hmm. and it's, it's prehab, not rehab. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It seems like even just watching the training evolve, Getting back to hockey, but watching it evolve over the years, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's so much more about like mobility and functionality and flexibility, flexibility, and then having also having the strength at your at your far range of motion too, right? Like it's one thing to be flexible, but if you have no power from that that off centered, off balance mm-hmm. position, then you're useless there, right? I always found hockey like the draft like i watch the NHL draft. Yeah, I watch yeah, I watch, yeah. watch all. So I'm like, these dudes are weak. <laughs> <laughs> like lifting one thirty five, yeah. but but then, what like when I go to a hockey game and yeah. you actually see like some of those guys are pretty freaking strong, like yeah. in it in weird ways, like their legs and mm-hmm. their core and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I I got to just see the difference and why and yeah. how they do that. I loved it though. Well, like football, you see such a range in players' body types, right? Like well, do yeah, you know yeah. Johnny Gaudreau is Johnny Gaudreau. No, Johnny Hockey, number thirteen for the Calgary Flames. 
He's he literally looks like he looks like a fourteen year old kid. Really? He's maybe like five foot seven, skinny, like he's just this little tiny he looks like a gamer, right? And he goes out there and he's he's unreal. <laughs> unreal. Probably, quick. Probably, oh, probably. He's not like straight line fast, but he's quick and shifty, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get you know, you get Chara. a guy Yeah, Chara or like an in between be like Taylor Hall. He's he's a bull. Strong, strong legs, low stance, he's just very solid. But um, yeah, you know, not dissimilar to football. You've got players of all different shapes and sizes, and, yeah. you and know. you're seeing yeah, and that's the thing. You're just seeing like every sport. The workouts are becoming more sport specific. Mm-hmm. So it's not like yeah, we're not going to bulk up a hockey player. Now mm-hmm. I'm seeing like okay, they got to be more flexible. Their legs got to be strong, like yeah. shit like that. Their ankles got to be strong. I've, I realized that. And yeah. That, oh, dude, I wish I remembered his name. I was actually. This off season, I was uh, working out at First Line in mm-hmm. Sherwood Park. Okay, and I actually train uh, the line. goalie. He's a Philadelphia Flyer. He's from Edmonton. Um. Oh shit. Uh, what's his name? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think so. Hold okay, on. Now is we he, gotta look him up. Now we he, gotta look him up. Yeah. Is he still? I want to say Colby. Is it Colby? It might not be Colby. Is he still with the Flyers? Yeah. Flyers goalie. Let's have a look. Oh, there's um, Carter Hart. Carter Hart. That's Carter Hart. I didn't Carter know he was Hart. from Sherwood Park. Yeah, he's okay. from Sherwood. So, yeah. like, I'd watch him do his goalie stuff. Yeah. And after I did my workout, and just see the difference. Like, a lot of hand-eye coordination because mm-hmm. he's playing goalie. And I'm yeah. just like, wow. Like, like, like training is really taking off. And mm-hmm. I, it's getting really sport-specific. The one that blows me away is the eye training goalies do. They actually oh. train their eyes like to, to move and do different positions and stuff like that. They probably wear drunk goggles. I've seen receivers, they have like these goggles now mm. you could buy. Yeah. And they literally invert and change. They things. invert. They yeah. in, like they invert while while they're while you're trying to catch stuff. No and way. Oh. I tried it. I, I literally <laughs> almost fell over. So would you as a as a defensive back, would you do similar training to a receiver? In that sense, because you got to keep track of the ball, but you got to keep track of your guy. And yeah, similar training for sure. Just, ultimately, you want to catch yeah. that ball. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just like they do. Exactly. The the only difference between a receiver and a DB is that yeah, the, well, the the knock is DBs don't have hands. Yeah. <laughs> But we got to get in and out of our breaks just like them, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But we just got to be ready to tackle, and we're working more off reaction. Mm-hmm. So, like, what we work as a DB is more reaction-based. Right. So, like, I'll do stuff. I'll let people go first. Like, yeah. you, I'll go off your flinch, yeah. and, then, and then I'll go. Yeah. And I just feel like that is building reaction or, like, a... Like a like a goalie, like mm-hmm. you got to be more reactive than a defenseman or yeah. or than a center because you're the one with the puck doing mm-hmm. all the making the motions and making the movements. So here's a crazy one you might find interesting about goalies. Goalies typically know where you're gonna shoot before the puck is even off your plate. That makes sense. Goalies aren't what they don't watch where the puck goes. They look at where you're probably shooting from. Yeah, the the angles. They know yeah. that they have a guy here. They're probably looking yeah. at the set. I could see. Honestly, I, I'm I'm probably gonna put my kid in hockey just yeah. because I like I love the sport. Like I love like I wish I would have played it, but just those five a.m. wake ups. <laughs> you learn to love it. Yeah, I know they watch they watch not like how far the puck is away from your body. They watch the the turn of your blade. Mm-hmm. So if it's more open face, you know they're shooting higher. higher. If it's lower, they're going uh, close. They're going low. Follow through. Yeah, which leg are they on? Are they on their outside leg or their inside leg? Like, do mm. they have people around them? Are they looking at the net? Usually, I forget what it is. If you're if you're looking down, 
you're going to shoot. And if you're looking up, you're going to deke. Really? I think it's this weird inverse relationship. But so We uh, need to get Carter Hart on here so yeah, we could exactly. uh, talk he, some goalie he, stuff. He gives the goalie scoop. Plus, goalies are always the weirdest fucking guys on the team. So <laughs> That's like the kickers or punters. Like <laughs> yeah. Always weird. Always good at the weird shit. Like ping pong, foosball. Do you guys no. have a table in the dressing yeah, room? Yeah, yeah. We have a we have a foosball and a ping pong table. That's awesome. Are and you then, good at either? I'm pretty good at ping pong. I'd I've been imagine playing, so with your yeah, reaction. Yeah, I've been playing man. ping pong since high school, so I'm pretty good at it. Uh, foosball, not so much. I just kind of twist. You know, it's you get spin. I do. No spins. <laughs> we used to, we had a foosball table in our grad lounge. Uh-huh. I used to rock that. Like skip so many classes. Just, just yeah. playing. We used to always name the players different things. So one team would be rappers, and one would be <laughs> rockers, or one would you know exactly. We do all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I like foosball a lot. It's mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. So we, what's yeah. the culture like in the dressing room? Like, um, you know, Eskimos are known for once and once and ask, always and ask. Yeah, kind once of thing. ask, yeah. always ask. Bone brotherhood of nasty, mm-hmm. nasty Eskimos. It's just always just really just the culture is just real laid back, like friendly family vibe. Yeah. Like we have a lot of family barbecues this year, and mm-hmm. like like I said, like this is the closest I felt towards a team. I'm meeting like my teammates wives and I'm meeting their kid I'm playing with their kids and yeah. stuff like that and I feel like that's the difference like mm-hmm. like I was saying like when you you're meeting this person's kid like this is why you play you play so you could feed this kid right here. isn't that weird it, oh, it's bizarre just, and I'm, I'm 26 right yeah. so I don't have any kids or anything but yeah. just like just to think like what like wow like mm-hmm. like there's a lot that some like people like there's a lot riding on this for, for, for some sure. people you know yeah. what I mean and it kind of I feel like bringing it brings it puts it into perspective mm-hmm. in a in a way that you know what i mean that isn't you don't get nervous or anything you, you you're okay you're like wow like this mm-hmm. is what it's really about it's about yeah. being together and everyone's really in on this together and mm-hmm. i just feel like that's 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 what i feel do you think guys get hungrier when they have a kid oh yeah you think so Shit, you got another mouth to feed. Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. You're losing food off your plate. But like, you know, usually the youngest guys trying to prove themselves are the hungriest. Oh, true. But then you probably get that sort of jump gap of guys who are like just you, having kids. You right? get that jump surge. I feel like yeah, it's almost like a second win. And you're like, like nah, I'm young blood. No, I'm not done. Exactly. <laughs> I got a couple more paychecks to get. Yeah. So, yeah, I could definitely see a boost in guys that have kids and stuff like that. Like for every game, I pray for my dogs. Like mm. I love my dogs. So I'm like, I gotta get them the best backyard ever. So do you have your dogs on Instagram? Yeah, I do. I'll have to check them out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, probably. For I bet sure. you they're beautiful. American uh, American Bullies, Bulldogs. Yeah, I grabbed them in Michigan. Yeah, and uh, when you're in college, when I was in, uh, I, no, 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 I was up here my first year and I was bored as AF. Yeah, <laughs> had nothing to do. You know what I mean? Like I would just come home from football because it can only keep us four hours a day. Mm-hmm. So I'd be home from football. I'm like, man, like what do I do with my day? I have nothing else to do. So I was like, you know what? Like, I need some type of responsibility or something to Good. Keep, keep me yeah. out the streets. Yeah. So I was just like, I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna get two. I'm gonna get a dog. So I got a dog, and then I was like, okay, like it's whatever. It's cool having one dog, but like mm-hmm. I felt bad leaving it. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna get my dog a dog. So I got, two, and then Good I, ended for up, you. I ended up getting two dogs. That's so. huge. So your two dogs are keeping the women of Edmonton safe, <laughs> safe from you. <laughs> yeah, the two dogs. They're good though. They're like. Beautiful. I don't, I don't know why this thing won't live. It's a lot of responsibility. I mean, my, my girl's got two dogs. One's a little Yorkie, and then one's a Irish Setter Doodle. Mm-hmm. And the Yorkie's six. He's 
inconsequential in terms of dealing with. Like, he doesn't take any dealing with. But, exactly. But the bigger one is like walk twice a day and you got to feed him and, and you can't leave him alone too long because you feel guilty because exactly. he's so high energy. Right? Yeah, like mine, I, that's the thing. I have one that's kind of just does its own thing and then I have one dog that just doesn't leave me alone, needs a walk every day. But I'm glad I got one that's like cool and like relaxed and yeah. I have one that's crazy because it's I couldn't have two of each. Whatever there is, whatever mood you're in, there's a dog for you at exactly. home, right? <laughs> exactly. You're going to show me this picture of your dog? Oh my gosh, house? I'm trying to look for it. And then I'm going to regret not going to your place to do this podcast. Well, that, that's, another, with the dogs. that's another reason. I want you to come over and get mauled. So yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't know if you were scared of dogs or not. So I was like, oh, you know what? It'd probably be better to do it. No, right man, now. I love dogs. Um, so you mentioned that your teammates' kids are like, and the relationships with them, like, are these guys that you're gonna you're gonna be friends with after football, or is it hard to say at this point? Um, I definitely, I feel like if anything, like I'm gonna be friends with some of the guys, of yeah. course. Like, you're on a team of what 80 guys every year, mm-hmm. and these guys are coming in out. But there's definitely guys that you you meet that you uh, you talk to for a lifetime. Like mm-hmm. uh, my one buddy, uh, Josh Woodman. Actually, he's a Western Mustang. Nice. Uh, All-Canadian uh, youth sports player. Yeah. Shout out, shout out, Josh Woodman. Uh, he, I met him when I got to Edmonton. We played uh, our first three years together, and then like I was working out with him this offseason, and he was supposed to be in on Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Ended up, uh, didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Ended up going to BC. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's someone I'm going to talk to for the rest of my life. Like, yeah. I already know that. You know what I mean? We've been everywhere. We've traveled places. So yeah. there's definitely guys that I feel like you meet that are uh, life, li- lifelong friends. And then I also feel like there's people that you meet that are lifelong, like, not like networks, like coaching. Yeah. Like, everyone that you meet, That's it's almost like a job or an interview. you got to remember there's 80 guys, 100 guys on the team. Mm-hmm. You don't know who's going to be the next coach. Yeah. Who's going to be the next defensive court who needs so mm-hmm. I or anything like that or if I want to be a coach I inspire to be a coach mm-hmm. so I always think in my head like literally when I'm like meeting guys and stuff like that I'm like would I bring them on my coaching staff right like, that's the thought that goes through my head like yeah, you are like 10 steps ahead of right yeah so I'm awesome. like I'm thinking like okay like I'm meeting people I'm like okay like mm-hmm. yeah can I bring them on my coaching staff is he a good hard worker I watch you in practice you know because yeah that's really how you get to see someone. And then when I do say I like knock on wood, when I do become a coach or mm-hmm. well, when I do, I could be like, I know this guy through and through. Right. Played with him. Yeah. Him, boom. Come for on. sure. Do you think do you find yourself thinking like, what can I do to, for all of these people so that like maybe one day it comes back my way? Uh, no, because I don't want to not. I don't want to think like I got to do something for them so they do something for me. I'm just. Just be a good person, you know. Just, it's you know? it's an interesting philosophical question because it is. Because it is. Rub you, rub my back, rub their back now. Yeah. It's like a rub mine later. But when you do it without any like immediate expectation, like mm-hmm. hey, if you do this, if I'll do this favor for you, if you do this for me. But if you do it without like, hey, one day it'll come back. I'm sure. Like, but you're not too worried about it. I find like that's the best way because they say there's no such thing as an unselfish good deed mm-hmm. or no selfish good deed. So, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, no, it makes you feel good to do things for other people. For sure. And if it and it makes them feel great, for yeah. sure. And if it comes back your way, great. And if it doesn't, people think you're a good guy regardless. So you may as well, yeah. right? I always I just have a rule. I always try to just do good stuff for good people. Mm-hmm. 
Because then you'll always get it back. Yeah. If you're doing stuff for shitty people, you're never going to get it back. So. Yeah. Maybe you change them into a good person, though. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, uh, to be honest, I'm not willing to wait that long. I'm yeah, not. okay, fair enough. fair enough. It's always a long game, though. You always got to think of that stuff. Shane's but, optimistic, I can I'm see. stupid optimistic. Man. It's, it's, it's terrible. I can tell. I love it, though. You're yeah. A, my glass is half full. Oh, huh? So many people roll their eyes at I'm me. A ske- I'm, I'm a little bit of a skeptic, but. That's all right. I have You're good. I have good, yeah, good intentions. I probably oh, should be a little more. I'm a little naive sometimes. Oh, this guy's great. They're this awesome. guy's great. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> to be fair, you've got more to take for people to take advantage of than I do. So, mm-hmm. so there's that. So you you no. should be skeptical sometimes. Got to be. Always. So, so other than coaching, what you know, what do you see yourself doing for the rest of your life? Like, what are some um, things that you'd like to pursue? Maybe once you have more time after football. Well, definitely with the coaching. The coaching, I was talking about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you I the agency CFL agent mm-hmm. and I feel like that goes hand in hand if you're coaching kids and then you become a CFL agent mm-hmm. you know what I mean you're creating a cycle of mm-hmm. you're in the that realm so you just have to write the LSAT you wouldn't have to go back to school yeah well hand. now I don't have to write the LSAT at all because they got rid of that with that rule yeah because uh, there's a guy there's a guy that works for uh, Rockefeller Nations mm-hmm. like the uh, Jay-Z and stuff mm-hmm. he, they're signing people to their uh, That's right. their agency and yeah. they don't have the guy that runs it. He doesn't have his uh, LSAT paper. So that's why they're changing this rule because basically because he has so many athletes that they realize oh, it doesn't even matter. Interesting. So, you ever write the LSAT? No, I haven't. But I've studied for it and it looks ridiculous. <laughs> it sucks. I've read it twice now because yeah. I want to go to law school. Okay. Um, both times I did pretty good on it. Like above average, but my GPA was kind of shit. That's that's. So I couldn't I couldn't balance it out right. Well, I have a couple of friends. If you want to, uh, if you want to, you can talk to. I'm way past that, man. You're, you're done. I'm way past. Law school is is no longer in the cards for me, but but I'm super happy with what I'm doing now. So I mean, that's no, with every cool. door you get one open, right? Yeah, every door that closes, ten open. Hopefully, hopefully, advice that good. No, I like the podcast. <laughs> and what about um, you? Like working with kids at all? I love kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, what I do back home is uh, I. Well, I coach, but I train kids. So mm-hmm. kids from like eight to twenty-four, university, whatever. On, I basically get them right. You know, kids aren't kids aren't are uncoordinated mm-hmm. when they're young. They're really uncoordinated. They're not really confident in themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, so really, what I try to do at the young age, like the younger ages, I have like a group of like maybe ten baseball players, mm-hmm. all in eighth grade. So I just try to teach them basic athletic movements. And then also I try to just get their confidence up, get them talking around older kids and stuff like that. Because I feel like when I was growing up, the thing for me, there wasn't a lot of older people that were role models to really be like, hey, this is how you do this. This is how you should act. This is how you should be around people and stuff like that. So I never was around an older crowd a lot when Mm -hmm. when I was young. And I, but like younger athletes. So I feel like when I'm around younger athletes and they're, they're young. There's like sponges, so they're seeing me work out hard. Yeah. They're seeing me in the gym, and they know what I'm doing and where I'm at. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, that's what it takes. That's the right. template. That's the blueprint. And then I, and then just making them comfortable, like mm-hmm. giving them confidence in themselves, to believe in themselves, to not worry about what other kids think and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes way more of a long way. Like I had, I had a kid that I trained in high school. He was like 320 pounds, right? Like when I started training him. Now the guy's like. 250 cut D's out of his mind unreal and it's and like his dad came up to me and was like 
like I, like yeah, Arjun, I love the training and everything, mm-hmm. but he's like, you don't know what you did for my kid outside of what you like uh, outside of football, and yeah. I just and that's what that's when it really hit me. I'm like, wow, this is really what I want to do mm-hmm. because I did that inadvertently. Mm-hmm. I did that just being myself and just trying to make him a player, better player. I made him a better person. So yeah. I feel like it's just and just just the the gratefulness of parents and stuff like that like you could really see it in their face and they're mm-hmm. really you know what I mean they're truly happy that you're helping their kid out yeah I mean because parents just you know they do their thing and, and the kid there's only turned. so much your parents can do for you exactly. I feel like no one ever listens to their, their parents as much as they should yeah and that's just how it is that's just you hear them all the time it's like yeah. a broken record so yeah what, what's cooler listening to your parents or listening to a pro football player come in and exactly. show you how to do things and then, yeah sorry mom and dad you're out that's the thing, like, and I'm cool with the kids. I, I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're in high school. If you're, I'll, I'll hang out with you. You know, yeah. grab, grab some pizza, some pot, whatever. Yeah. And I feel like just, just that little bit helps. We forget like how much of an impact we have on kids, right? For like, sure. Think back sure. to being like a t- 10, 11 year old, and an adult like, you know, sits there and talks to you like an another adult, and you just feel like, wow, this is unbelievable. Like, but it's like, how did they talk to you? They talk. Did they talk to you like? They were the adult and you're a kid, or they talk to you. No, like they come you, at you at yeah. the right level, right? Exactly. Like they relate to you on, exactly. on things that they can remember from their childhood and their exactly. past experiences, exactly. right? And it's you know, I think it's that's the most overlooked part of sports is, and and just athleticism in general is the confidence it gives you in the rest of your life, mm-hmm. right? Like for sure. Like I was kind of a chubbier kid and like didn't have a lot of. Con- I was one of those awkward, couldn't move, not coordinated guys like you were talking sure. about. But once like you know, grade 10 hit and I started going to the gym and working out, like just confidence goes through the roof. Yeah. Probably a little too high at some points, you know, you're a young cocky kid, you think you know mm-hmm. everything, but, but no, like just that, a little naivety is not a bad thing, I think too, right? right? Like if you think you know everything to a degree, so long as you're not being a prick, like mm-hmm. it can help you, right? Exactly. Like you just like, you don't even know how much work something's going to be, but you take it on anyway, because you'll figure it out along the way. And like, see where you said, you said high school, like, mm-hmm. Like my goal is to get kids around before high school, like mm-hmm. eighth, seventh grade, because yeah. I feel like that's the age where you're, you're not really, you don't know who you are, you don't know what's going on in life, and you're really just trying to, and I feel like that's where kids need the most. Yeah. Like, well, for me, high school is starting grade eight. In BC, oh, it starts grade eight. So. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, makes exactly. Sense. Yeah, in Ontario, it's there's no junior. Uh, it's, what is it? Seven to nine, and then ten to twelve. Right. No, no, no. It just goes straight to eight, mm-hmm. and then nine. To, yeah, nine, ten, twelve. 9, 10, 11, 12. Okay. You skipped a grade. (laughs) Shoot, I did five years of high school. Do they have... have Oh, you guys used to have the victory lap. You still have it. Do you really? I thought they phased that out. No, I'd be left. We used to make fun of the kids from uh, from Ontario if they did one. I'd be left. I was like, I'm stupid. (laughs) Well, I had to write the SAT too, right? Oh, that's true. I, I I I wrote it one time and it was to get in... For fall, mm-hmm. but I was late on it. Okay, and I, I, I think I, I missed it by like thirty points. So oh, like okay. three questions I missed. I I was so pissed. So I had to go back to high school for another year. Yeah, but I ended up only going for six months, and mm-hmm. then I gray shirted to Michigan State. So, so they they allowed you to defer your scholarship? Not defer my scholarship, but basically that like, I the way since I belapped, yeah, I could come in the beginning of that fall season or mm-hmm. I could wait a semester but technically I'd be a part of the next fall class oh, okay. which is so, weird so yeah, like, yeah they, call it, they call it a gray shirt gotcha yeah. um, and so you know what what made you want to uh, get into um, 
be an agent too like is that just another way for you to have your sort of well like like I was, like just with everything in my life that I try to do it's because I've tried to learn from something I've been a part of already mm-hmm. like so like the 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 agent process mm-hmm. I feel like uh, well for me I had an agent it was a guy named I don't like to throw names out there but Dave Schumann mm-hmm. he runs a national underclassman like highly recognized like million followers on on Twitter mm-hmm. like runs all these camps in the states and basically he was starting an organization uh, agency so I was going to be the first one a part of it so I'm like alright bet I'm one of the first guys a part of this guy's agency so mm-hmm. I'll be a part of that and it'll go good so I guess he signed too many guys yeah. he's he's lying to guys some guys he's telling oh, I'll pay for your car oh, I'll pay for your flight here I'll pay for your mm-hmm. so just a lot of like miscommunication misunderstanding yeah so basically uh, this is all while I'm training so mm-hmm. like this is I just finished college I'm in Florida right now because this guy just brought me to Florida mm-hmm. He doesn't have a car for me. Like, told me to come out to Florida. Told me this is where the training facility is. Told me I'm gonna get a ride with this guy. But I'm just get to the facility. I'm talking to all these other guys that are with the same agent. Yeah. And we're all just like, okay, things aren't adding up. Right. So basically, there's just a lot to go through. I had to fire my agent while trying to train for the process of going to the NFL and getting yeah. ready for pro day and stuff. Worst like time that. possible. Right? Worst yeah, time. That's where you need the guidance the most. Right? Exactly. And, and someone to talk to. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, I have no idea what to do. I mm-hmm. felt like I was just stuck. So I ended up having to call a, a, a close family friend, mm-hmm. Tyrone Crawford. He's like family to me. He plays for the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays D tackle. So I called him. And I'm like, Tyrone, I don't know what's really going on in this process, but I need to fire my agent. Yeah. He's not... It's not going good so he gave me like three agents numbers mm-hmm. ended up meeting with like three different agents this is all like Jeez. i have a, two workouts a day me with an agent two workouts a day me with another agent yeah. me two workouts a day me with another agent and then all of them want you know what i mean they want to sign you and stuff like mm-hmm. that so they're all telling you all the good good but yeah and you're like i don't need to hear your like you're like lock like pipe dream promises i just want to hear like what are you actually gonna do exactly me, right? don't tell me about the car the, exactly you know, whatever. Just tell me like how are you gonna get me a spot on the road exactly i'll do the rest I'm not, yeah exactly and and that's when i realized like okay like mm-hmm. kids really need to hear what like what what it really is yeah and, I just, yeah, that's the thing. I don't want to hear your sales pitch. I want I don't I want to hear yeah, I don't want to hear what car you can give me or the allowance you can give me. I yeah. want I'm trying to let's get on a team. Yeah. So, I feel like just being honest with the kids and stuff like that is, mm-hmm. is first and foremost. And I feel mm-hmm. like that was the first experience of not of me not having an agent. I feel like okay, I think me being an agent now, mm-hmm. if I had to fast forward my life First, first thing I already went through a bunch of stuff like that, and then um, in 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 Canada, a lot of kids that do youth sports they don't really get a lot of agent uh, outlook. Usually, like in Canada, it's like there's three guys or four guys that really kind of run the show in Canada, and right. it's like, hey, do you want us to be your agent? <clears throat> yes or no. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's uh, a lot of room. Yeah, I hear I've heard that before from a couple guys playing, and they just say, you know, there's there's a lot of guys that get kind of fall between the cracks and. It's unfortunate because everyone deserves attention and, and proper representation. And exactly, the repre- representation is the biggest part. And just being in the states, like mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of Canadian kids have, like you know what I mean. They haven't. They didn't play at Michigan State. They didn't go through all that. I want to bring kind of something like that, like that NFL training mm-hmm. process to Canada before like the CFL and stuff like right. that. So kind of just 
upgrading the sport, helping the sport, yeah. helping football, and just that's it really there's a lot of bullshit but I, I like to think I hope that like with social media and connectivity now like a lot of that stuff's getting flushed away like you can no longer get away with all the shenanigans and bullshit that you'd be surprised I feel, like, I feel like you ago. get away with more now you think so yeah all you gotta do is make a sweet Instagram page and oh yeah okay you know what I mean like yeah. kid, like in these guys are still you gotta remember they're 8, 17, 18 year old yeah. like coming out of college they're not really focused on that so I feel like just just being someone that's been there, done that, I know that I know the real, and I feel like I have more to offer. So yeah. like, I think like, like the, the like I said, there's a lot of opportunity mm-hmm. in 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 the in in, uh, in getting CFL players and being a CFL agent if you mm-hmm. do it right. Is anyone holding these guys accountable? Like, is there a place to put these guys on blast, or is it just that the player, like, you're kind of as a player, a young well, player, trying as to a make player, it. you can't really go in and negotiate your contract. Yeah. So you know what I mean? It's and it, no, it's kind of like you're just up in the air. It's like okay, well, I gotta find an agent. They find whatever agent it is. Yeah. So you sign this guy. He he, he makes three percent of whatever you make that year. So say mm-hmm. you play the whole year, you make fifty five k or seventy k mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. He gets three percent of that right. for what? Yeah. Because like there, there's nothing to talk about. The contract was already. It's already made. It's all just rubber stamp is exactly. Yeah. It's so like, it's 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 just. I feel like there's a lot of opportunity, and that's why the CFL agent thing is a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Coaching, I just like want to stay in the realm of football, mm-hmm. or maybe even athletic training. Like I was saying, yeah. Like there's a lot of stuff that I want to do, but whatever I do, it's going to be within football mm-hmm. in the coaching realm or agent realm mm-hmm. or something like that. Well, it's good they say you know if if you got a complaint about something. Best thing to do is do a better version of that, though. So you got that down. That is to like, tea, right? yeah, that is my, yeah, that's my mo right now, and that's been my mo. So. You seem to be super, super curious about like other sports too. I can see, oh, a, yeah. I see a world in which you just like, I want to learn about this, and I want to learn about that, and like, oh, yeah. and incorporating all these different aspects about it. Maybe in 20, 30 years, when you run in the most powerful Canadian like uh, agency Honest, in the world. That's the plan. Honestly, that's the plan. And like, I got, I got a couple guys. Like I told you, I. I, work, I train people at a facility in Windsor yeah. already. Yeah. So like I'm I'm not even a part owner. I'm I, I work there. Yeah. The guy's my best friend. You know what I mean? So but if he ever needs anything, like we're gonna we've always talked like, okay, we're gonna if we're gonna do this, we're gonna do it big. Yeah. I got guys like uh Armon that you've talked to and yeah. so we're we're and I got friends that are lawyers, so we're kind of putting it all together slowly but mm-hmm. surely. That's awesome. In a slow, in a slow process way, but it's a, mm-hmm. uh, it's coming together. But I still got to play football. Yeah, for sure. Have, yeah, I, that's the thing. I still have a full career ahead of myself. So mm-hmm. I like as much as I want to coach and worried about this and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, I, I gotta go win a Grey Cup still. So yeah, <laughs> I like it. You gotta stay hungry, man. Yeah. Well, I promise you, if I have a kid, I'll let you pitch him or her one day. Yeah. For How's sure. that sound? I'll make him uh, get the uncoordinated, <laughs> uncoordination out of him. Yeah, how much? Uh, how much longer you have on your contract? Is this your last year? Well, this is the last year of my contract yeah. with Edmonton. So you want to stick around here? I, I love Edmonton. Mm-hmm. I, I do love Edmonton. I love I love the city. Like I said, it's just like my hometown. Mm-hmm. Just just bigger. Um, if it would be a little warmer, I'd like. To <laughs> but I can't complain. Just uh, don't go to Calgary, man. Yeah. Just please don't go to Calgary. Yeah. No, I can't complain. I, I I like it here, man. I like I like the organization. I like the people in the or- yeah. organization. I love the city. I love the buildings. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's great. It's a great place to be. And like, that's the thing. You don't want to go 
I don't know. I'm the type of person that if I have it good, why go out and try to find better? Yeah. Like there's it's, the grass isn't always greener. Yeah. It's a good way to look at it, right? Like Yeah, like I I have everything. Shoot, boy Mike Riley was thinking that. <laughs> exactly. I think his there's a lot that comes into it though. Like like we said having mm-hmm. families and stuff like that when you start opening up it's not just his decision. It's yeah. his family decision. For sure, yeah. And I know that from... Yeah, from, we're, just, we're just messing around. We're riffing. Going. Yeah, we're but, riffing. Uh, yeah, no, that's the crazy thing about sports is how much goes into it between, you know, behind the scenes. And that's why it just bugs the shit out of me when you've got fans just roasting players oh. for, for decisions or choices or, or management for making trades or, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, contract stuff. Like, it's just... You don't know shit. Like keep your mouth shut. The average fan. Well, like, even the even the even the reporters don't know shit. Yeah. Like, I don't like to. I like as as bad as I don't know. I like I don't like to say that a lot. But <laughs> don't worry, Tom gives all only. Exactly. I don't need to. Yeah. I don't want to be on anyone's blacklist. Yeah. But a lot of I feel like a lot of reporters are just yeah the average fan. They're not. They're only thinking. They don't love you. They love what you do. Right. They don't know you. Right, if they some, knew, some if they, might know you. Well, if yeah, some. But if they, the person that's talking crap though, yeah. if they were to actually know the person, right, right, right. Yeah, I think they would retract their statement. And they wouldn't say it to your face. Yeah, exactly. Get knocked out that way. <laughs> there should be a rule. If anyone, if any outside person shit talks you in your own dressing room, you get to knock them out. Dude, I should. That talk, should be the rule. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I shit talk people all the time. I don't care. I'm, yeah. Like in the stands, I'll hear, "Hey, 17." I'll turn around. Shut the fuck up. What, you can't read my name? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'll be like, hey, shut the fuck up. That's awesome. But I'll have to try and get tickets close to the sideline. Oh, no, I got you, man. I got you. Next game. I'll be on the sideline right there with the boot. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I hope I hope you get back in the lineup soon, man. Sure. And, uh, oh, definitely soon. Definitely soon. I uh, hope you guys tear it up. Fuck, we'd love to see you guys win. Yeah, sure. man. No, I got some tickets for you for sure. Oh, I appreciate for that. Sure. Cool, for sure. Well, Arjun, it's been a pleasure, man. Oh, no Thanks problem. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, no problem. Tell the rest of your teammates. Get your okay. ass on here. I will. Actually, I've been meaning to get Mondo on here. Mondo? I know, I know okay. I, I could, uh, I could, I think I could work. No, he told me he's going to do it. Yeah? Just, yeah, yeah. He's All right, just, good. He's got lots of stuff going on. I think on. I was telling him, I was talking about it to him, too. Me and Mondo yeah. talk a lot. He's, so. he's not so talkative, though. No, <laughs> he's, a, he's, I'd love to say, I, I'd love to hear that podcast. Yeah. Because. Uh, Mondo, that's the thing. I love Mondo. Yeah. I talk to Mondo oh, all the he's time. The man. Great, great guy. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of he's just a quiet, quiet yeah. big guy. <laughs> yeah. and those are the scariest ones. Yeah, <laughs> man, I might need to get him and another guy on. That way, we get some like dynamic going. Oh, right? for sure. You should bring Boateng on. Yeah. Okay. All right. Boateng. That, we'll that'd be a good that. little mix. That'd yeah. be a good mix. I think. And maybe yeah. like uh, maybe after a win or something, so we can get get into the whiskey exactly. or something. Exactly. Yeah. A nice <laughs> win. It has celebrate celebratory podcast. Fuck, that'd be fun. That would be fun. All right, man. Well, good luck to you. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate and uh, yeah, everyone, what, what's your social media so everyone can jump uh, on? Right? It's the Canuck Thirty Six. That's on Instagram and Twitter. Okay. And the Canuck Thirty Six on PlayStation. If you want to get that <laughs> ass whooped too. Oh, um, what are you playing? Uh, I play two right now. I'm playing Madden. Madden just yeah. came out. Yeah. And then the new Two uh, K basketball comes okay. out. And then they had a sale on the UFC. Yeah. For like seventeen bucks. Are those good? Oh, dude, UFC I love ones? UFC video. Yeah, I love UFC video games. So, and then actually, watch UFC too. Yeah, oh, I met I met Max Hollowell. Uh, I met Max Hollowell like a couple months ago before his fight. Yeah, he actually. Uh, I think he does. He does this thing where he comes to like wherever he's fighting. He comes to the city, mm-hmm. 
kind of does like an outreach program or yeah. at least gets to like you know get a feel for the city for sure so uh max got to come and he got to talk to the whole team and stuff oh, that's like sweet. that oh it was awesome dude got to take pictures with them see his belt mm-hmm. and uh i was just talking to him because i got family in hawaii he's mm-hmm. uh he's a hawaii native mm-hmm. so i was just telling him like dude i'm gonna be in hawaii like <laughs> i'm trying to get i'm trying to get that mma workout yeah so, uh, I got his link up. Yeah, we linked up. That's got his sick. Instagram. DM, I was DMing him. So, like, that's just insane in itself. So, yeah. just playing with him in the video game just made it like, <laughs> thirty times better. Hey, good for you, man. Yeah, well, yeah, nothing but love, and uh, yeah, we uh, hope you guys crush it this season. Yeah, we uh, yeah, we have a long season. Hopefully, get some more Eskimos on here and yeah. uh, have a good Grey Cup season. City of Champions. All right, good chatting with you. Yeah, see ya. Thanks to everyone for tuning into the show. You are my favorite. Thanks to Arjun uh, for coming on and to Armin for introducing us. Uh, and last thing for today, guys, this City of Champions episode is brought to you by Unit B Coworking. Unit B is a multi-company co-working space focused on helping people pursue their passions and making Edmonton its creative best. Join a tight-knit group of freelancers, startups, and established organizations that are all dedicated to getting things done. Besides desks and offices, Unit B offers members access to its podcasting studio and meeting spaces, as well as a kitchen, Wi-Fi, and the usual amenities, which is huge because if you're anything like me, you know that working from home can be a bit isolating and sometimes you just need to shake things up. It's located in the historic McKinney Building on 104th Street, close to everything downtown, including the Bay LRT Station. Book a tour today at unitb.ca. That also rhymes weird. Anyway, thanks again, guys, and we'll see you next week.